Welcome to Wednesday. It is the Pure Opelka podcast for September 14th. Wow, September is moving fast, is it not? Yes, yes it is. Midterms will be here before you know it, and hopefully we'll get the right result. I think yesterday the Democrats helped us a lot. I think yesterday the Democrats and their party on the White House lawn as the stock market was crashing down after the inflation report hit, I think the Democrats just looked tone deaf. They looked absolutely ridiculous. And it was from the very top. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Schumer, all there. And they were surrounded by a bunch of uh, staffers. It wasn't like there was a huge crowd that was clamoring to come out and celebrate the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act. No, those were staff members who had to show up. It was optics, if you will. Optics. We'll get into that because I've got some highlights from it. Uh, I'm not going to play the James Taylor clip. It's just too depressing. And it's a song about drug addiction and suicide. So why would we play that? Because enough people are upset after yesterday's meltdown in the market. More than 1,200 points down. Wow. Let's uh, do a quick check on, on this day in history. On this day back in the day, September 14th in uh, 1716, the first lighthouse is lit on uh, Little Brewster Island, the entrance to Boston Harbor, first lighthouse in America. Kind of cool. 1814 on this date, Francis Scott Key, while being held as a prisoner, wrote the Star Spangled Banner. That's kind of cool. Became the national anthem, of course. 1960, OPEC was formed. Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and then eventually Venezuela all joined forces to realize they had a powerful, powerful economic tool with the output of oil. And we nullified that when Donald Trump was president and we created energy independence. And then in less than two years, Joe Biden pissed that away. Yeah. So good move, Joey. We'll get to some more of your dumb stuff from yesterday. Soon, 1965, Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's brother, debuted as uh, the star of his own sitcom called My Mother the Car, where his mom, who had died, was reincarnated as uh, a car, a 1929 Porter. And he talked to his mom, who was now in the car, as the voice, it didn't last very long, obviously. In 1975, on this date, Elizabeth Ann Seton became Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first American-born saint. Kind of cool. 1976, just a year after that, the number one song in the pop charts, play that funky music, white boy. Could you do that today? Could you, could you actually remake that? I don't know. Not sure about that one. And in 1994, the Major League Baseball players were on strike, and that forced the cancellation of the postseason. No playoffs, no World Series. There's always going to be an asterisk after all of the stats around uh, 1994. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. Uh, Let's get to it, because there was just so much craziness. And by the way, Dr. Royson is joining us. His new book, The Great Age Reboot, is finally out. I got my copy. I'm reading it, underlining it. It's very cool. It is very cool. It's a good plan for all of us to take control of our lives and our health and maybe live longer and younger at the same time. A great idea. But we'll hear it from Royzen 
in a little bit. Let's talk about yesterday. Yesterday morning, the Consumer Price Index came out. Inflation was expected to dip. It did not. It went up. And guess what? The market went down. The market went absolutely down over 1,200 points. A huge dip in the market. All the markets tanked yesterday. But the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, KGB, as we like to call her, was busy telling us lies about the inflation and telling us it's not really that bad. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these, these last two months. Uh, that is welcome news for American families. Um, yeah, but they're up over 8%. And, you know, if you take out the energy, the gas prices, which have come down a little bit, still over a dollar higher than from when Joe Biden took office, if you take out those prices, food prices are through the freaking roof. And they're continuing to rise, but continue telling us lies, madam. This month, we saw some welcome moderation in the price uh, increases uh, for food at the grocery store. It's moderating and real wages are going up again uh, for the second month in a row. So real wages are going up, as she's telling us, but they're nowhere near the increase in the cost of food. And that means you're actually losing ground. The American people are losing ground. And shortly after the press conference, the party started on the South Lawn at the White House. And Pelosi was one of the first people up on the, uh, on the stage area, the podium there, to praise the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation Reduction Act, so beautifully named for all that it does. Yeah, uh, why don't we just call it Screwing the American People Act, because that's what it really is, the Inflation Reduction Act. So beautifully named, she says. Beautifully named. Biden, Harris, Schumer, and Pelosi all took turns telling us lies feeding us Bravo Sierra. Today offers proof that the soul of America is vibrant, the future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real. It is real. It is real. So it's real. Yeah, it's very real for a lot of people. People who can least afford an extra dollar a gallon for gas that's still, still there. An extra dollar a gallon who can least afford the cost of milk and eggs and cereal and everything that's going up. And the going up in, in double digit fashion, all of those. Kamala, would you like to weigh in? Today, we are gathered to celebrate another historic step forward for our nation. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's a step forward. It really doesn't. Those of us who are looking at 401ks, those of us who are using, so many people are using their credit cards to pay their the bills they normally pay with cash from their jobs, but there isn't enough money, so they're racking up the debt to pay for just regular stuff. I wonder if Chuck Schumer has anything dumb to say. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank every one of my Senate Democratic colleagues who made the Inflation Reduction Act happen. Yeah, it, it was not a bipartisan effort. This was totally one-sided. Again, all of America getting screwed by half of our elected officials. And they don't care because they're not affected by it. They're not affected by it at all. Nancy, 
You get the last word and make it dumb. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> yeah, they're laughing about it and claiming that's an applause line. Cue the staff members who are in the audience. That's an applause line. I don't know what you're applauding for. Even the mainstream media couldn't really defend Joe Biden. CNN cut away from the party on the South Lawn. You expected Fox to do that. Neil Cavuto did cut away. But we also had CNN cut away. The mainstream media, as I said, can't really defend this absolute insanity on the White House lawn. President Biden will celebrate the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. The timing is not perfect, though. Inflation remaining stubbornly high. Why this was worse than expected and how President Biden framed this today. The White House was celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to take a long while to make a financial impact. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And Joe might not even be alive. The impact is already being felt as we're feeling inflation continue unabated. And now comes the interest raising because the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. If you bought a uh, home a year ago and got a mortgage, a 30-year mortgage, you probably got a 30-year fixed rate around 2.75%. Now it's 6%. And it's going to go higher. It's going to go a lot higher. Buckle up, people, if you're trying to buy a house. Buckle up. Joe Biden also um, was speechifying yesterday before this. And I just want you to hear what Joe sounds like when he's not on the teleprompter. When the teleprompter shuts down for whatever reason and Joe has to rely on his brain, it's really embarrassing. Look, the fact is that there's a lot, a lot we can do, a lot we have to do. You know, the fact is that... uh, Right now, yeah. with this infrastructure law, mm-hmm. America is, uh, is really getting on the move again. So is it uh, inflation reduction or is it the infrastructure law? He was also talking about this latest claim of a cancer moonshot. Cancer is the worst. We've all lost people to cancer. We all know people who have fought cancer bravely. And the Biden administration keeps trying to say there's going to be a cancer moonshot. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden was the vice president and during a State of the Union address, Barack Obama slapped that on him and said, Joe, you're going to be in charge of the cancer moonshot. And nothing happened. And then after Joe was out of the White House in 2017, Joe and his wife set up a foundation to work on curing cancer. And they paid out a ton of money. But the reports on Fox say that not one dollar, not one dollar went to grants for people who are trying to cure cancer. It's like the Clinton Global Initiative. It's just a scam. But that doesn't stop Joe from mumbling and fumbling about it. There's nothing, nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. Our capacity. What? Our capacity. <laughs> Okay, he fumbled up one word. Surely he's not going to do it again. And uh, uh, Jack, uh, uh, Jake, I should say. Uh- Jake? 
Is it Jake or Jack? So we have compatibility, Jake or Jack, whatever, whomever. Use my authorities as president yeah. to increase funding, to break log, jam, break log jams and to speed breakthroughs. I don't even know what to say. Biden, he's up there yelling when he's not yelling. He's he's stumbling around and then he's yelling again and saying confusing things. Think about what you'd think about. Yes, of course. Of course. Dear God, it's almost as bad as Pelosi. That's an applause line. Yeah, sure. (laughs) An applause line. An applause line. Think about what you'd think about. Anyway, uh, the uh, the madness of this administration continues, and I really think it's going to hurt them in the midterm elections. I think it's going to weigh heavily upon the minds of the voters, the economic situation we're facing right now. And it should. It is the economy, stupid. It's the um, the kitchen table that Joe Biden is often talking about. You know, people get a little breathing room, as my dad used to say. No, no, they don't. They're not getting breathing room. We're getting strangled by the economy. Absolutely destroyed by it. And your policies are at the heart of that destruction. Your policies are hurting us more than anything from the border to pouring money overseas to Ukraine. I know everybody's saying, hey, the war's going great for Ukraine. Is it going great for the Americans on the southern border? Is it going great for the Americans who are trying to buy a home, but now the interest rates are going to go through the roof? Is it going great for the, the parents who are trying to get their kids back in school, but the schools are now filling their heads with insane, insane curricula? Is it? This administration needs to be locked down and not allowed to do anything for the last two years. And Joe Biden has even said if the uh, GOP takes over the House and the Senate, he'll be exercising his veto pen quite frequently. So what are the chances? What are the chances? There are a few Senate races that are kind of important. For example, in Arizona, where Mark Kelly, the astronaut, is trying to run as a Democrat and get reelected. And when he's asked about Joe Biden and is the president doing a good job, it got a little uncomfortable. Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, I, you know, I, you know I, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. I would say, you know, mixed reviews. So if he came out here, held an event, uh, you'd, you'd attend that event. Oh, you'd I, like that. You'd I, like certainly, that. I would certainly consider it. Consider is not. I would, well, I would look at it. That's a warm round of indifference from a member of the Democratic Party who can't say whether or not he would be there if his president, the head of his party, came to town. Then there's this guy, Ryan, in Ohio, who who really understands it and actually is trying to sound like a Trump person now, a populist, and saying uh, the Democrats, well, they're a damaged party, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're a problem. Don't advertise that you're a Democrat. Is that because it's an implicit recognition that it's a liability here? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Democratic brand, as we know, and you and I have talked about this for a long time, is, is not good in a lot of these places. And I tell people, look, I'm an American. So he's uh, putting his Democratic brand on the side. And here in Pennsylvania, where the race between Fetterman and Dr. Oz is tight, And I don't understand why this John Fetterman guy, this guy in the hoodie and the shorts who 
hasn't really told us the truth about his medical situation, is dodging, debating. I don't understand how any Democrat could vote for this guy, not just based on the uh, the problems he's having recovering from the stroke, but it's his policies. He wants to empty the jails. He wants to make sure that all, all fracking and drilling and coal production is ended. He's a socialist. He's a Bernie Sanders socialist. I don't know how. And we found out, we learned that uh, Mr. Fetterman, who has mocked Dr. Oz for owning 10 homes, also has uh, eight properties he owns himself. Now, they're nowhere near Dr. Oz's properties, but the fact he had eight pieces of real estate and he didn't tell anybody about it, he didn't disclose it, should disqualify him. But it won't because he's a Democrat. And Democrats don't get disqualified for anything. All right, we are, uh, as I said, we are 54 days before the midterm elections. You have work to do. Make sure you're registered. Make sure your neighbors are registered and awake and aware. And let's have a little time, a little personal time, to talk about our health and our wellness. Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic is next on the Pure Opelka podcast. We're getting to talk to our buddy, Dr. Michael Royson, who I should say, once again, best-selling author, Dr. Michael Royson, uh, number one New York Times best-selling author. His new book, The Great Age Reboot, arrived at my home on Tuesday, the day it dropped, and immediately started diving into a doc, and I started getting pictures of, of books from my friends who are like, look what came today, we're reading it, so... I'm very excited for you. I've got three toes in the water on this one, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be my relaxing read for the next week. So, congrats, my friend. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. It's a it, it actually, you know, I, as as you know, I've had four number one New York Times bestsellers and nine overall, but this is the most important one because it tells people what is likely to happen. And it helps them think about what changes they have to make uh, in a policy-wise, that is, from a finance and a living standpoint, and then goes into what they can do to prepare for it um, in all kinds of ways. So it is really what I consider the most important book and, and the best book I've written. Well, I, I um, don't know all your books. So we ought to say the title, right? The Great Age Reboot. Yeah, did I not say that? The Great Age Reboot, Cracking the Longevity Code for Younger Tomorrow. And I will tell you, Doc, the chapters I have dived into and done a little, a little dip in there, as I said, they read like a conversation. So many times people look at advice that deals in the world of health and medicine, and we get overwhelmed by technical stuff and language we don't understand. I feel like I hear your voice when I read the words. So I think that's really important to anybody who gets nervous about trying to read something they'll consider. You know, it's not entertainment, but guess what? If you're not healthy, you're not around to be entertained that much. So uh, congrats. We'll, we'll get into this on a regular basis throughout the next few weeks. But I want to tell you guys that it's... Um, it is a, uh, a helper in so many ways. As Dr. Royce said, it's not just about 
re-engineering your body and it's all your ability to do so but it's about decisions like finances and how you can prepare to be comfortable when you're living longer financially it's it's great stuff doc um as i said very excited um and congrats on the app and the web page is really good too uh, i like it all so good work yeah we should say there is a companion app that helps people day by day it it takes it integrates from all your other or many of your other apps it, it takes stuff from uh, both ios and android on fitness sleep etc and uh, integrates them so that uh, all you need is is one app for your uh, for your health going forward yeah and that app is called reboot your age reboot your age I downloaded it yesterday. I've got it. Sent in my email, and we're starting down that journey, trying to get myself to be—I don't know—a decade or two younger. I've got some work to do, Doctor Royce. Let's just put it that way. I—I I have a little heavy lifting that I need to do, but I'm willing to do it, sir. Well, that's what it's for. It's—it's it, it's a gradual and progressive way of you getting uh, younger um, every year. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, well, as I said, we'll we'll dive into the Great Age Reboot on a regular basis and reboot your age, uh, the app. You can get it now, and it's free. It's a good thing. Uh, let's talk about some of the research you sent me this week because there is a mountain of really good stuff in here. Uh, number one, about 25 years ago, somebody told me the worst thing you could drink was a diet soda, and they they specifically mentioned aspartame, and said, and I had no evidence to prove this, but they said, trust me, it's really bad for men. It's bad for your spine. It's bad for your brain. But now we're finding out there are uh, big problems with aspartame and artificial sweeteners. Uh, yeah, the well, we knew that one of the things they do um, from some early studies um, is that they change the bacteria inside your gut to make you more insulin resistant. Now, that what that means is you're more likely to develop um, diabetes. You're more likely to develop energy. You don't. You won't feel as much energy. Now, obviously, drinking a soft drink with a diet soft drink, you get the initial boost of the caffeine. We can get that from coffee as well, but the aspartame and the other sweeteners, and this was a 100,000 person study out of France, found that over a seven year period, consuming uh, this, whether in foods, such as in diet foods or in uh, soft drinks, increase the risk of uh, heart attack and stroke um, and all-cause mortality by about 30 percent. Wow. So it's it's not as bad as some things, uh, but it clearly is not healthy. Yeah, I don't think um, anybody and, wants to increase their risk of heart attack or stroke, even if it's 1 percent. 30 percent is no small, uh, no small number. That That's correct. So... Um, the point is, uh, I've got to thank Dr. Oz. He did a, uh, 
I, as you know, was doing 36 Diet Dr. Peppers a day. Mm. And uh, he and my uh, administrative assistant uh, conspired and did an intervention on me on uh, September 4th, 2010. And I have not had a a diet um, anything or a soft drink of any kind since. Wow. So uh, I've got to thank Dr. Oz for uh, uh, conspiring with my uh, administrative assistant. Well, did they get threatening letters from Dr. Pepper about this drop in sales? Three cases a day. (laughs) That's that's a lot of Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Wow. Uh, We're glad you did that. All right, Doc, keeping up with the, um, the research. Um, and, and we talk about this all the time, walking, 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 staying active, being, being mobile. And this is uh, important for um, older folks, octogenarians. You only need 10 minutes of walking a day? Well, this was a really interesting study out of Korea. They looked at um, about 1,000 people, a little more than 1,000 people who were 85 and older. And in Korea, and and this happens with my patients as well, when you somehow, when you get to 85, you feel like uh, I'm I'm too tired to walk or whatever. But 57% of the men and women they looked at, I think it was 70% women, but 57%, over half, did zero walking. Hmm. That is, they walked less than 10 minutes a day. Um, and they, he compared that to the other 43% that walked 10 or more minutes on average a day. That's 60 minutes a week. The people who walked 60 minutes a week had a 50% decrease over the next seven years in risk of dying, of risk of a heart attack, and about a 55%, 54% increase in, or decrease in the risk of cancer as well. Hmm. So just 10 minutes of walking a day uh, seemed to be important in that group. Now, at the same time, there's another study, and this gets back to that 10,000 step a day so 10,000 step a day apparently that came initially from a Japanese pedometer maker who was trying to sell more pedometers but he actually got it right and in this other study which a large much larger study looking at uh, dementia over a 10-year period the number of steps you need to decrease dementia um, was 9,826 on average a day. Hmm. Um, You know, it's as close to 10,000 as you can get um, in their analysis. And um, obviously there's some variation. So 10,000 is a good number there too. It decreased dementia rates by about um, 80% compared to those who walked, for example, 4,000 steps a day. So that 10,000 is still a great number um, to shoot for. And uh, that's also been shown in, um, believe it or not now, 13 other studies where it's the best uh, uh, goal, if you will, 
for, it's the least amount you can do to prevent type 2 diabetes, heart disease, stroke, dementia in other studies, and uh, colon cancer, prostate cancer, and breast cancer. So that's a real, it's a really good number. Well, that's fantastic. 10,000 steps a day as a target is something everybody should focus on. There are so many places you can monitor your steps. There's watches, there's Fitbit things, there's all those things. So there are plenty of ways to keep track of it. Or you could just... Even our, our, our Reboot Your Age app yes. integrates with both iOS and uh, uh, that's both uh, Apple and uh, Samsung and, and Google uh, phones and watches to be able to uh, monitor your steps that way too. That's excellent. And, and it's so many benefits to be derived from just that one. Start there. Start there. Because mo- when you're walking, it's hard to eat and drink bad stuff. And in addition, it creates good situations. Doc, uh, we talk about sleep so much because you know my schedule is nuts. And the last thing on your list today caught my eye because I don't know this term. What the heck is mouth taping? And is it safe? So mouth taping has gotten, uh, it, it is exactly what it sounds like. You tape your mouth shut or someone tapes your mouth shut. Um, it is used for, uh, it's a now a craze on TikTok um, for people who snore, for people who want to sleep better. Uh, that's the craze. There are two small studies on it of about 30 people each. Um, where they follow these people who did mouth taping to see before and after, did they do better? And the answer is one study showed uh, a little bit better. The other one, um, thinking that breathing through your nose has obvious benefits and it humidifies, it helps uh, dilate your lungs. So it was a, it's an attempt to get more breathing through your nose. Um, the other study showed no benefits in asthma or severity of asthma symptoms. So we don't know whether it really is good. It, uh, there are some potential harms from it if you uh, um, can't breathe through your nose, um, but it, it, it usually is safe. So we didn't have any uh, in the studies, the small studies that were done, there were no serious adverse events from it. Now, the one adverse event people do have, though, is if depending on the tape, you can develop an allergy to the tape, et cetera. I, I just, uh, it seems weird to me to be taping your mouth shut while my wife is probably all in on this. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I'm going to wait for a bigger study to come through <laughs> and see if there's a, I, I might snore a little bit, Doc, just a little, not not shaking the windows or anything, but every now and then I'll get a tap on my on my back that says you need to roll over, <laughs> and I will. Um, let's see one more quick one in here. This is interesting to me. Where you live may impact on how likely you are to take your high your blood pressure meds. Blood pressure meds are something that a whole bunch of people are taking. What does where you live have to do with your likelihood of taking your meds? Well, this study came up with a surprise to me. So they looked by zip code at where people live, and they had both self-reported and pharmacy renewal evidence 
of taking medication. In other words, did you buy the next pack of blood pressure medicines 30 days after the first one? It turns out um, that a lot of people don't take their blood pressure medicines, about 30%. But where do you think? Was it rural? Was it suburban? Or was it inner city where people were the least likely to take their blood pressure medicines? Wow. Rural, suburban, or inner city? I'm going to roll the dice and say suburban. Um, actually, suburban is correct. That's the least likely. The most likely place is actually rural. Apparently, the rural people who have high blood pressure and are prescribed high blood pressure medicines um, have a good enough relationship with their primary care provider that they actually do take their medicines and do get better control of their blood pressure. So um, that surprised me. I thought um, rural would be the least likely. Huh. Well, I, you know, somehow... I think that the farther you are away from big city medical centers, et cetera, the more likely you are to pay attention to the instructions of your physician and take your meds so you don't have an event. Uh, so that was the that was a um, uh, that's how it worked out for me. It, it's very interesting. Uh, this gentleman's name is Dr. Michael Royzen. He's with me uh, pretty much anywhere I am on radio and podcasting, and his new book, which we've been talking about for over a year now, is finally out, The Great Age Reboot. There is an app that's a companion to it that you you can get today, and it works on all kinds of digital platforms, and it connects to all your devices. It's really good for taking control. It's called Reboot Your Age. So Great Age Reboot, there's a website, there's a book, and we'll be talking about some of the things you can do to make yourself live younger, live longer, and how you can be smart about it financially, too. Dr. Royzen, so very happy for you and uh, appreciative of your time each and every week. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Take care, and may you have a hole-in-one this week. Yes, sir. Please, God, please, one time from Dr. Royzen's lips to your golf guidance. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. 